Hello everyone and welcome to The Rewatchman where we don't review movies, we re-review them. We take an old movie you may not have seen in a long time and that you may have a strong opinion about. You might hate it, you might love it. And uh, But when's the last time you actually watched the darn thing? So what we do is we go back and we reevaluate. We rewatch. I am TC DeWitt and with me this time is Chad Halverson. Woo! Woo! I see what you did with that title there. I did, I did. It's, uh, it was, it's exactly uh, what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, thank you for joining me. Um, and uh, believe it or not, we are in Wisconsin. What? And Ben is actually currently in the Midwest. But as he's well. not here. But he's not here. No, he's uh, currently working. Uh, he's down in Chicago today for an NBC Asian America gig for his Life Story series, yep. which you can see on NBC Asian America on Facebook as well as uh, his YouTube page. He's pretty good at posting that stuff. So, yeah, yeah definitely check it out. Yeah, check that out. So. Anyhow, today we are looking at 2002's Orange County, starring Colin Hanks, Jack Black, and a slew of other people that I actually forgot. Yeah, right? <laughs> because it's been a while since I've seen this. Uh, but this is the story of a young guy who wants to get into Stanford so badly to be a writer, and his guidance counselor sends the wrong transcript, mm -hmm. and thus turns into a road trip to go to, go to Stanford try to convince the admission office to let him in and it's a series of vignettes it's a series yeah. of one a series of unfortunate events after the other yeah um, this is a this sort of style of a movie that's it's been mimicked many times this is certainly not the originator of this you know? no, no 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 yeah, the, the the journeys of a single protagonist over the course of a series of unfortunate events is yeah you go to Don Quixote at the as far back as I could think right now well I mean it's it's a tried and true method to getting, you know, a really simple arc out, mm -hmm. like a, a mini hero's journey. Well, it's still the hero's journey. But. Yeah, uh, you have uh, road trip um, mm -hmm. uh, in the past, I guess about eight years. Euro ago. trip. Euro, well, yeah, Euro trip. I love Euro trip. It's a good movie. I love Euro trip. I thought I was gonna hate it, but no. no. Good. Um, I lent that DVD to someone. I never gave it back. So it's a, oh, what? Lost, it's a DVD, a digital video disc. That's what we had today. Yeah, that's what we had to watch this on. This we, is, couldn't, we couldn't find the streaming. Uh, Orange County is currently not streaming on Netflix, or I don't know. You checked Amazon as well. Uh, Amazon and Netflix did not have it. Yeah, have it. So we actually had to dust off the DVD. Ooh, good thing I saved it. <laughs> When's the last time you watched this? College. College, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably been a good 10 years since I've seen this as yeah. well. Um, but eh, you know, maybe in the last ten years I've seen this. But man, as soon as the the menu screen, came yeah, out, I'm like, I remember this. Oh, like this looped a lot when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, it's probably like 2005, 2006 when I watched this. I do remember seeing it in theaters. Mm -hmm. This is one of those movies that Andy Siskowski quotes all quoted all the time. Yeah. we still quote this we movie. Still quote the it. reason we pick this is because every time one of us wants to do so, like, hey, TC, could you help me out? Like, hey, like you're working upstairs on One Minute Gamer, and you're like, hey, T.C., you can come check something out? And I, like, walk upstairs, like, all right, do I have to turn on your computer? You owe me, man. Uh, you owe me one, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, but what what memories do you have of this? This, uh, specifically this movie, I love this movie. I was working at the theater when it came out. Um, 2002 was the summer I graduated from high school. Uh, so I was in his shoes, like, it, it was totally set up, and, and at that point, I didn't know I was going to be a filmmaker when it came out, mm -hmm. but I did know that, you know, I was leaving Kenosha, at least for college, I was going 45 minutes away, mm -hmm. but this helped me stay grounded in the fact that the events 
and the people that you surround yourself with are what shape you as a personal character. And that really resonated with me. So that's why I love this movie. Besides it being pretty funny. Oh, I'm, I'm right with you there. I, I graduated high school in 2000. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the midst of college at this point. But still, there's a great moment in here where Sean goes to a college party and the girls there are exactly, exactly like they're the in high school. Fucking same. And, well, but the, I was with you on this. That it's, it's in the same way that this movie... Despite being Southern California, <laughs> like yeah. the movie ended, and you're like, ah, yes, I remember my my time fondly growing up in Southern California. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's a a commonality to this. There's a it's relatable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially for young dudes coming out of high school, going to college, maybe it resonates more with us than it would with say someone who's not little dudes. <laughs> yeah, true. But I I think it's a good. I mean. For me, there's there's very few coming-of-age stories that resonate with me mm-hmm. on a personal level. I mean, there's plenty of coming-of-age stories and movies out there, but at the time when this came out, I was that age. A very, very impressionable time, yeah. relatable time. And I find it interesting that this is relatable. It's a it's a goof. This is very oddball. It's It might not be the a, a humor that's as fast as it's presented no. now. But no. it still it's held up very well. Yeah. There's maybe two points where I was like, oh, 2002, uh, a mention of a pager. Uh, well, that, jeez, uh, his computer that he used. He had a big desktop, tube television. Yeah, uh, uh, you're blocking the tube. You're blocking the tube. Um, and his baggy clothes, which you... you yeah, I that. point out the baggy clothes. Definitely late 90s, early 2000s. But I like that... Despite the story, uh, like the movie is silly. It's, yeah, it's oddball. It's it's got some pratfalls. It's mm-hmm. got some very. It has a very good, witty, charm, silliness to it. The sh- the novella that he wrote. That, so uh, Sean writes a novella inspired by this author Martin Skinner. Skinner. Mm-hmm. He he's, he found Martin Skinner's book Straight Jacket on the Beach. He read it. He fell in love with it. It inspired him to be a writer. He started writing. He wrote a short story or a novella called Orange County and sends it to Skinner. The novella, as it as it's implied by Skinner discussing it with him later, is a drama. It's mm-hmm. serious. Yeah. It is it is a it's a serious story. It's not the goofy comedy we just played out. Yeah. I think that's neat that because the the, the Orange County, the book that Skinner's reading, just based on the conversation is the movie we just saw. Exactly. Or at least, at the very least, all the characters we've met over the course of this mm-hmm. are characters in Sean's story. Correct. And that's so neat that we saw a goofy comedy, a, a light, a light-hearted comedy, yeah. coming-of-age story, but the the novella sounds like it was serious. Yeah. And that's surely not something everyone walked away going like, oh, what a touching story. But this movie, Orange County, and The First American Pie struck a chord in me much differently than I think a lot of people in that <coughs> I, I was at a, a, a crossroads going from high school to college and kind of not sure where I was heading and this movie played on that and American Pie at the end of that movie the way all the friends kind of were on to the next stages of our lives we might not even be friends anymore was where I was at too Yeah, and those movies are American Pie is an R-rated sex comedy, but mm-hmm. there's still like a sweetness to it. Yeah, and I think Orange County comes has that as well. Uh, this was written by Mike White, Woo. who well, had Jack Black in it. So. it well, now Mike White, uh, those of you who might not know him by name, if you saw him, you'd go, "Oh yeah, that oh yeah, guy. that guy." Yeah. yeah, 
he wrote School of Rock mm-hmm. as well. And him and Jack Black are neighbors. Yep. So he wrote Orange County for with Jack Black in mind. He wrote School of Rock definitely with Jack Black in mind. <laughs> um, and I like Mike White's style. He has a he has a sharp wit about him. Mm-hmm. That's I, this this movie's a little smarter, a little wittier. It's charming as hell. Yeah. Than the if it was R rated, if it came out this year, it would be more like. Sex Drive, which is a shitty movie. Yeah. Actually, I think, uh, to tell you the truth, my, um, Jake Kasdan, who directed Orange County, I believe directed Sex Drive. <laughs> now that I'm bashing it, let me wow. just check here. Uh, he directed Bad Bad Teacher. Yeah. And Sex Tape, starring Jason Siegel. Close. Uh, so not... No, not... not Sex Drive. Yeah. But uh, Jake Kasdan comes out of the Apatow... Oh. He was an executive producer on Freaks and Geeks. He is an executive producer now on New Girl, which he's directed several episodes. Okay. That makes sense. There, I feel like a similarity in, in, in all those, in Freaks and Geeks and then New Girl. He also directed Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> <laughs> this was the, the pinnacle, or it was the start of Jack Black Mania. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, this was... You and at this point in the game, you either and people still do too, mm-hmm. but this is the really hardcore. Like you either hate Jack Black or you love him. Yeah. There was no middle ground, and we were all huge Tenacious D fans. Mm-hmm. And at, at, I mean, two thousand two, what School of Rock was two thousand five. I mean, he had a slew of movies come out after this. Did we did we do School of Rock? I think I think School of Rock is an episode that never ended up being recorded okay. for the rewatchment. I mean. Yeah. We've, we've certainly gone back I, and watched. We love that movie. <laughs> oh, that movie's great. Look at this cast. All right, let's start with let's start with Colin Hanks playing the Blaine Sean Brunder. He he's his dad, and I know that sucks because you know he's following in his. I mean, he's in his dad's shadow, but mm-hmm. he still has like his own personality. But dude, you can totally see Hanks. There's definitely some Tom Hanks isms here, yeah. but I don't think he's a photocopy. No, 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 he's not. Right. He's absolutely not. There, he's got a a good sense of humor about him. He's he's very. Uh, capable, he's very. Oh relatable. yeah, he's and he's obviously had a career after this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always liked, uh, you know how Tom Hanks always like when he when he has his freak on his voice it's raises really high <laughs> and he does the <laughs> same thing. Yeah, and I love it when he's yelling at the, the guidance counselor and his yeah. voice just gets. She's like, "You are sh- shrieking right now." <laughs> um, okay, but he's he's good. He's pretty vanilla overall. And I don't mean that in a, uh, it's not no, a bad I, thing. The the one complaint I even back then when I saw this, like he was very he was the one that didn't have the biggest like latitude as far as his performance, but obviously John Lithgow and Catherine O'Hara. Right. But what it it works for this though because he it makes it easier for for us to kinda like see ourselves. Well and him, it, it, it he help, it helps him fit into the world where everybody else is a character yeah. except <laughs> A uh, quick little note for those listening: You may hear a constant buzzing sound. Oh, that are, sorry. That are the Wisconsin. That's the Wisconsin cicadas. <laughs> I'm. I don't hear too bad in the in in my headphones. Nah, it's... but hey, when Ben and I recorded my place, we got a bird chirping in the background. <laughs> There's the ice cream man going by. Um, Jack Black, which we've already brought up, playing Lance yep. as Colin Hanks's drugged out crazy ass <laughs> brother. You you said it pretty quickly. This is Jack Black. Maybe it is Jack Blackiest. Yeah, I think Jack Black works incredibly well when he has a 
a good script mm-hmm. and when yep. he's rain when he's like reined in because when Jack Black is left to his own devices I don't think he's that funny when like when he tries to like improv on late night shows late night shows I never it, it's it doesn't come off as, as as very funny as it does when he works with scripted material yeah he's able to riff off the scripted material like I love you I love you we don't say it enough but I love you it's like that that must have been an ad lib line. It, it's it's small bits. It's it's some actors can't do. I mean, there's the improv actors, but mm-hmm. most actors can't do it. Yeah. And he's good at it, but it's definitely like a hit or miss. Yeah, but it works really well in this. I think. Yeah, he plays a great. <laughs> he plays a great. A character. loser older brother. <laughs> I got I got ideas. I got ideas. I like look, like look, Stussy. Look, like a shirt. Let's just. Blah, 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 this is loser. Loser or, 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 or talk to the hand. <laughs> uh, oh. He has some great moments in this. The the story kind of, it, it sticks with Sean eighty five percent of the time, but there's a couple of tangents away for some sh- short moments with B story, which yeah. would be Jack Black burning down the admission building, uh, his parents and his parents. Yeah, like those those are the two moments that step away from our protagonist. Mm-hmm. But in in the structure of this film, every every scene in this movie is there for a reason. Yeah, and those tangents away to his parents to Jack Black burning down the admission buildings. It's great dominoes. Like, the structure of Mike White's script is... is the science is tight, as I like to say. <laughs> uh, Skylar Fisk, who plays Ashley, the girlfriend. Oh! This, Skylar Fisk is Sissy SpaceX's daughter. Oh, that makes sense. So I, I can remember that being kind of a deal, like, ooh, Tom Hanks' son and Sissy SpaceX's daughter. Ooh! Uh, uh, the, are they the next generation of... They are not... Uh, what have they done since? I don't know, and there's no way to find out. <laughs> but she's sweet. She plays a almost like a Lisa Simpson, very activist and yeah. sweet and caring. Aww. And uh, I like I like her. She it's a it's a thing about the the casting of Hanks and and Skyler here. Uh, again, if this was made modern, I feel like whoever they cast in the in the Sean role would probably be be unlikable. And whoever they cast in the Skylar role would probably be too sexy. Yeah. For I think Skylar Fisk has a nice, just like Tom Hanks has a nice every man quality to her. Yeah. I think Skylar Fisk has a nice every woman quality to her. Yeah. She's she's very believable. She has a very sweet girl next door kind of um, style to her. Yeah. I like that. Let's see who else we got. And okay, so here's some of the. We got Catherine O'Hara. Which I, I from, love Catherine uh, O'Hara. She's the mom on Home Alone. For those of you who don't recognize the name, but she is, she's a brilliant, oh yeah. improv artist. I bet you the story of the walking in on the hotel in La Jolla, like when she talks. <laughs> she's, so she's drunk and she's talking to the the, the uh, one of the board members from Stanford, and she's like, "Yeah, he started fooling around with us." <laughs> I bet you. There's yeah, a lot things of, haven't been so great. <laughs> And it fucking snowballs. But no, she's... <coughs> I, we were just talking about, uh, what, uh, Waiting for Guffman and A Mighty Wind mm-hmm. and... All the Christopher Guest films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about that last night on our way back. And They Catherine are the are, best. I, I, we recently saw a series of short films for one of the 48s we were, we were just participating in. The Charlotte 48, which mm-hmm. um, you should be able to see unbuttoned now here at, if you're listening to this at firmamentfilms.com. You can go check that out. I'll plug it again later. But... There was two or th- two for sure, maybe a third of the shorts that had improv troops in them, and 
boy, you gotta be good at improv yeah. to really sell that. I, there's, there's, I being a short, being a short film, uh, we we've done a lot of them. We know how important it is to keep that tight, keep keep the script. Yeah, there, there's a time to like let it loose, but and we all take liberties and we. Oh like yeah, to, there's there's some great ad libbed moments in all the stuff we've done. But we're not gonna ad lib an entire scene, right? Because and, and there's something cringingly painful about watching bad improv, which makes the good improv like Catherine O'Hara that that much more enjoyable. If I don't want to sound pretentious. If they had editors that were better at their job, mm-hmm. that might be hidden a bit more. But well, a lot of the modern comedies, especially the Judd Apatow stuff, is just really well edited improv. Yeah, and that's a that could be a criticism to especially American comedies. If you want to, if those listening are interested in in seeing a, a very clear presentation of how different comedies can be when handled cinematically as opposed to just improv comedy yeah. editing watch every frame of painting go to youtube every frame of painting tony Zhao there does an amazing series on filmmaking yeah. and his edgar wright comedy short is we've discussed it on the podcast before it's one of the best and it shows how comedy having a script is really important being keep, being able to rein in the actors is important but then filming it cinematically and we can go back to talking about some of the actors before, but here's a note I had about this. I loved all the odd angles. Yeah, when... Uh, what's his girlfriend's name? Sorry. Uh, Ashley. Ashley. When Ashley goes to her friend mm-hmm. to get her grandfather to come meet Sean, like they just start doing this Dutch angle where Ashley's the super caring, nice girlfriend, but she's going to protect Sean. So she kind of goes a little crazy. She's playing a little bit of nef- nefarious uh, yeah. angles here. So yeah, like yeah. the camera, to, uh, the when the surfer bros, the two buddies show up and interrupt the meeting with the board member. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that Dutch angle, but even the close-ups on everyone that Sean interacts with, there's no over-the-shoulder shots. Mm-mm. It's a it's a it's a Coen Brothers ism that you don't you do POV. And this is, I guess, this is more delving into a technical discussion on filmmaking. But the wider angles, uh, the wider angle up close gives a weird, like, kind of bulbous look to some of the otter characters. Yeah. John Lithgow had it in his scene. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the scenes with Jack Black had that as well. Yeah. Billy <laughs> uh, Tomlin. There's, three, there's scene. three birds just chilling on your porch right there. What's up, birds? <laughs> but yeah, I liked the camera work in this. It was. It, it was it was simple and effective, but it also had it was a little more inspired than the standard point shoot that yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. comedies can be guilty like of. Coverage over the shoulder, mm-hmm. wide, moving on. And there were there were some over the shoulder shots, but I think there was a nice use of those more POV shots. Well, and, yeah, and they did that right at the end when they're in the truck and they're about to you know have sex and <laughs> Jack Black's supposed to be sleeping. I mean, it was two shots that mm-hmm. they just cut back to, which was great. Like. They, they probably filmed it as one take and they used it and sometimes simple is what you need yeah let the let the actors let the script do the work mm-hmm. and and don't just do simple coverage actually place Plan the it camera, out yeah, place, yeah, yeah. place the camera purposefully uh, so some of the other actors in this John Lithgow which you mentioned a couple times Oof. who is always good I don't he's care old, yeah. I don't care what he's in it could be the shittiest thing ever he's, he's always so good. good could be Henry and the Hender- Hendersons too Henry and the Hendersons <laughs> He's uh, so good. Yeah, Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. as the guidance counselor, and she's 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 Lily Tomlin. Yep. 
Chevy Chase, who I completely forgot. Yeah, had a very it's small, like small bit part in this. This is before he was a giant asshole. Like we always had rumors that he was an asshole, but he just played. He has one little scene where he plays one of the he's, teachers. He's the teacher for uh, the uh, student the student council. newspaper or, or student council. Oh yeah, student it is council. something like that. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see who else we have near Harold Ramis. Uh, uh, rest, rest in peace, Sean. You and I are the same height. That, that is, is neat. neat. <laughs> that was. We all quoted that movie, but that was that scene, and uh, there was another scene that I always quoted too. But man, uh, uh, Gary Marshall also. Uh, yep. I believe did he pass away recently? Uh, what is well, Gary Marshall's in here, and his and his wife Dana Ivy, who you were like, I know her. <laughs> oh, and uh, it's his wife. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's Gary Marshall's wife. Uh, Leslie Mann. Yeah, uh, Gary Marshall passed away this year. Oh, yes, Leslie Mann, looking, I must say, very young Leslie Mann. Very, uh, very pretty. Very. That's Judd Apatow's wife. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you gotta lock that shit down. <laughs> you gotta lock it down, Judd. But she's she's one of those, you don't think of her kind of, when you think of comedic actresses, I think she's easy, mostly because I don't think people know her name. She's not a household name. Yeah, but she's been in so many good things and done so <laughs> many great performances. Do you still want to have sex? I'll still have sex to you if you want. I, I'm going to pass I'm on the best. sex. <laughs> That's from a 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> She's in Cable Guy, which you, I believe you and I did Cable Guy as a yeah. watchman. Let's see. Is there anyone else who popped up in here? Uh, oh, uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin, oh, yeah, Kevin Klein as Skinner. Yeah. The the reason for Sean's journey mm-hmm. is the, the sagely advice and works of Martin Skinner. Kevin Klein, you said it as soon as he turns around and gives that charming smile. You're like, Kevin Klein's the best at... Being Kevin Klein, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was such a Kevin Klein shot. And also, Ben Stiller had a little quick. Oh yeah, out. he was the firefighter. We got, we got a runner. <laughs> we got White, we got a sprinter. Caucasian, portly, portly. <laughs> <laughs> How did all these people end up in this movie? Uh, these are some great cameos. Uh, I think, and I don't know. It could have been one of those things where because it was an indie budget. I'm assuming it's an indie film. It yeah. has to be. I'll, I'll look that up while you're talking. Um. But they probably like, look, man, we're not getting a lot of money, but you come here, we shoot for a day, mm-hmm. and we like you guys. And I'm just, I'm wondering if it was just favorite. Was it Mike White? It could be, but I mean, Jack Black as well. But he wasn't like Jack Black at that moment. Like, but he was friends with Ben Stiller, because they had, yeah. been, Ben Stiller had put Jack Black in Cable Guy. Yep. If you, okay. If you remember Cable, uh, he was in that as well. That's true. So it must have. Surely it was just like friends of a friend situation. Like, hey, do you think you could get Harold Ramis to do a quick little? Oh, thing? oh sure. And I, and then I gotta wonder if it's because of the strength of the script that filmmakers like Ben Stiller, Gary Marshall, Harold Ramis would be willing to make cameos yeah. in something like this to to put, to see the potential in in Mike White's script and Jake Kasdan's directing. To like, yeah, let's help this. This could be the beginning of something new. It it wasn't. It wasn't unfortunately. It wasn't unfortunate. It wasn't. Yeah, but it's still because Jake Hasen did Freaks and Geeks. That was his first thing. He had done. He was a producer on a movie called Zero Effect in 1998. But the first real thing he did was with the Apatow crew in 99, 2000, and then just a few short years later, he made Orange County. Did you look up the numbers? Oh, for uh, for for Orange County, let me. Yeah, because I know it didn't really make its money. Well, it, it might not have needed to make more than it did. Yeah, that's true. Right. Oh, uh, by the way, Jake Hasen, who did, as we said, directed this, he is doing Bad Teacher Two, which is coming out two thousand seventeen, and he is in pre-production to direct the Jumanji 
Ah. The new Jumanji. It's not a remake. I guess it could be called a reboot. Right? Maybe? Jumanji? Jumanji. All right, let's see. Orange County here. And while I'm looking that up. Yeah, I I do think this movie held up nicely. It's it's not a blockbuster. No, it's not. The funniest movie ever made. But there's a nice. Nice. It's nice. It's a sweet movie, and yeah. I, I'm glad it's not rated R because I think ra- making it rated R might would have made it edgier than it needed to be. Well, and the, the potential crowd too, to right? Be able to yeah. see it, yeah. Well, I mean, has that ever stopped? <laughs> I mean, people without a conscience, yes. But <clears throat> uh, so let's see. Released January 2000. That was January? That was a January release. Now, for those of you not in the know, January is the dump Dump month. month. (laughs) It's the garbage month. An estimated budget of $18 million, which is low. low. (laughs) That is low, especially for now. Hey, and you know what? Opening weekend, $15 million. Oh, all right. So So its overall gross was $41 million. Oh, they're fine. Great. They tripled their budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they... About double their budget, yeah, yeah. double and a half their budget. So people got paid. Yeah, no, that's great, and it's it's a short movie. It's eighty two minutes. Um, let's see. Yeah, what else we got? It here? seems like it was definitely longer because there are, there are logical points um, that seem missing, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that it's very digestible. Mm-hmm. I think really helps. I don't think it needs to be longer. It, it, it's a very it, simple story, and it feels and it it still fits now because it has an ADDness to it, where yeah. you could just watch scene to scene, and the scenes themselves kind of work as the vignettes. Yeah, uh, we've we've been discussing a lot lately about our short films and short films in general and why they work and what what makes them not work and how do you translate the success of a short film into a long form. And there's a couple ways to go on about do that, about doing that. For example, Whiplash, which was an expansion of themes into a much longer film. Did you see Whiplash? Tell me. So. Oh my God, you haven't seen Whiplash? No, I have not. Oh my God, dude! It I, looks amazing. It's Ben and I reevaluate. It's our favorite movie of I think 2015, 2015 right? right? Oh gosh, so good. Uh, but another way to kind of take a short film, short form, and, and lengthen it is to build around it and build the world around it yeah. so something like you could you, Pulp Fiction is essentially five, four or five short films yeah. and they're structured around each other and that is good here we go let's look at some of the trivia here from IMDB uh, Jack Black and Mike White as we said are neighbors and his part in the movie was written specifically for him surprisingly little was improv- improvised Surprisingly oh, good. little from Jack Black. Was well, then that means uh, Mike White knows Jack Black <laughs> He knows very how well. to write for his friend, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Gary Marshall, Harry Ramos Spenceler, who also appeared in Zero Effects, was, which was, which was uh, Jake Hazen's first film. Oh. So that's, they all three appeared in that. And wow. There we go. That's, that had to have been it. They trusted his ability as a filmmaker to come back and, Damn. and hang out with him for another day or two. Props to Kasdan. Oh, you know what? Uh-oh. We should have known by the last name. Jake Kasdan comes from Hollywood royalty. Lawrence Kasdan oh! is, is his father. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. The most recent, in, uh, uh, yes, the most recent Indiana Jones, but also Force Awakens. Lawrence Kasdan is, is a Hollywood legend. Legend, legendary writer. So occasionally a, a situation like that leaves me 
jealous, I think is the best way to say it. Like, Max Landis. That, that your dad wasn't... Like, ah, oh, thanks a lot, parents, for raising me right and not being famous. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's amazing that the... it's it, Nepotism, but I don't mean that in, like, fuck, I'm not being mean about it, but... Sofia Coppola, Max Landis. Nicolas Cage is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Like, yeah. the... To, to be born into Hollywood. I mean, Skylar Fisk and Colin Hanks, do, could they have landed these roles if they didn't have fa- famous parents? Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I think based on their careers after, maybe not. Colin Hanks has had some great stuff. He uh, he pops up here. And there. I mean, he was in a season of Dexter, which I still have to finish that season. He had a show with, uh, oh, damn, he was the protagonist, or the antagonist in uh, Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the West Wing. Shooter McGavin. Yeah, no, no, not Shooter. Uh, uh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he's oh, on the West uh, oh, Wing. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 Bradley Whitford. Yeah, yeah, Bradley Whitford. <laughs> Wisconsin's like, own. Oh Bradley yeah, Whitford. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, Kevin Klein was actually friends with the Kazins because Kevin Klein appeared in The Big Chill, which Lawrence Kazin wrote, and that's yeah. how Jake was able to be family friends with him and get him in the movie. So, thanks a lot. You've just crushed yeah, my dreams. Yeah, you just it. crushed our hypothetical, like, <laughs> oh, they're probably just, like, really cool artists that <laughs> just appreciate good filmmaking. Um, There's a, The movie is simple. This this movie is simple, and I think now you could probably do it for even less money. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and yeah. The fifteen million it made now. I could do this. Based, I, I would bet this was filmed on film. Uh, yeah, that was film. Yeah. And now you would do it digitally. You cut the cost a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so remake. We'll, we'll call it West Dallas. <laughs> West. We'll call it Kenosha. Kenosha. Kenosha County. Kenosha County. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I think I've told you the story before. So, there's a guy, uh, Jeremy who still works at Tinseltown. Mm-hmm. Um, and when this movie came out, so I started working there in February of 2001, so this was January 2002. Mm-hmm. So I was almost a year at this point. But I had the day off. And again, January's a dump month, so you really don't work that much. It after down. Once everybody goes back to school after the holidays, mm-hmm. it slows back down until, what, March, April, then it kind of picks up, and then Summer. May. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Uh, but anyway, so Jeremy, Jeremy and I went to go see this on our day off. And a fight broke out behind us in the in the, in movie? the theater. Yeah, and the, the funny hell? thing is, I saw two movies with Jeremy that year. Both had a fight break out. I think we know the X factor here. You and Jeremy seeing movies together apparently makes people want to punch each other. In the but face. and this is the best part. So th- it happened literally right behind us. Two guys are arguing, and finally they started scuffling. And Jeremy just didn't miss. Jeremy and I just didn't miss a beat. We just got up. We both grabbed like we work here and. <laughs> Kicked them out, but then we had to stop the movie and hand out passes. So I never got to finish it with them, and I had to wait two weeks before I actually yes. finished the movie. Wow. Well, there's a memory that'll stick with you. Yeah, it, it started going south uh, in the scene where uh, the dean of admissions, or not the dean of admissions, but the guy on the board comes mm-hmm. and they're in the house. Like, it was it was getting really good, and two assholes fighting over popcorn. What the hell? I bought it, man. Give me the popcorn. Oh, so stupid. You put too much butter on it. So stupid. The other movie that Jeremy and I had to break up a fight in was uh, Hollywood Homicide. <laughs> Out of all, out of all movies, so Harrison Ford, Justin Harnett, but I would fight in that movie too. Wait, wait, no, it wasn't Hollywood Homicide. What was the other one? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Showtime. Showtime. It was Showtime. Rob De Niro, Rene Russo, yeah. and oh, Eddie Murphy. Those are two equally bad. I'm movies. disappointed that I knew that so quickly. Yeah. Mm. Showtime. Showtime. Oh, Tinseltown. All right, let's 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 um, 
let's talk about a little bit more about Orange County here. Just um, I like the details in the background. There's like the board to death. Yeah, I never shop. noticed that before. The really weird family portrait of of Sean and and Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the charcoal <laughs> drawing. Yeah, that's good art direction. There's nice little details there. Um, but I think the overall theme of the movie, the overall message, and its simplicity, and it's very Saturday afternoon, pop it in, easy to ignore kind of film it is. Yeah. I do like that the optimist in me likes the message of, hey, you can still achieve your dreams without achieving your dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dreamed of going to Stanford and being this incredible writer, but he didn't have to. He could, where he was in his life... Mm. He could he could find find his own way to the top of the mountain instead of focusing so much at the top. Yeah, and say that's the only way I'll be happy. Forgetting that you're happy along the way. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's it's simple, and maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. But no, I don't not. think so. Uh, however, the pessimist of me would say like, "Wow, you're just gonna give up and live at home the rest of your life in your, <laughs> in, your in your hometown? It'd be nice if you got out there, but." That's just me being a dickhead because you said it. This is the hero's journey, and the hero's journey in the monomyth in Joseph Campbell's monomyth, you return home at the end. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. You go, you start at home, you head off into the world, and when you come back, you're a changed person. Mm-hmm. Even though you return to your home, you're changed. And I think this movie fits that to a T. Yeah, textbook one hundred and one. One last thing to discuss before we, we kind of wrap this up. The soundtrack to this movie <sighs> is a character unto itself as well. There's some original songs by Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. as well as some great... There's Offsprings, Offsprings in there. And a couple other like indie bands, which are really great. No, no, don't, we won't talk about that song quite yet. I This this soundtrack is a character. Uh, it feels like Orange County. I didn't know it at the time, but now having lived out there, oh, oh, yeah. it fits the the feeling of the west coast so nicely and it and the brian wilson songs in particular really enhance the it's a character like i said like 10 times now it's a character in itself the the brian wilson stuff feels like coming of age there's something about his style like the harmonies and whatnot that is so enjoyable so this soundtrack got some great stuff on it except (laughs) except What's the name of that? It's Butterfly. It's a, uh, Crazy Town? No, no, no. Yeah, fa- it was like, it started with a P. It was like Phantom. No, no, no. You're thinking of California by Phantom, Phantom Planet. Oh, yeah, Phantom is, Planet. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. fine. That's like, it was the theme song to the OC. California. No, Cal- We're talking about, come, come my lady, lady, come, come, come my lady. lady. You're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Talk about douchebag rock. Coming out of like Limp Biscuit. Well, and, and like I said, I remember when this movie came out. That was the only thing that annoyed me about it. Not only that they played it, they played it twice in the movie <laughs> to connect those two the scenes. The only reason I, I am okay with it being there is when Skylar is like sitting on her, like waiting for Sean to come out, and she's like, "Come on, lady, come on, oh, lady. and she's listening to her headphones. Probably a CD player is what she was probably. Listening. It was a CD player. <laughs> That's cute because she's cute. But God, I hate that song. <laughs> I, but by that point, though, it had already been out for years, and it was in every it, team. It, it probably movie. came. It probably wasn't out for years. It probably came out that year earlier, and it's or just like been the year, it, like the year before, and had been on the. It was one of those like we're gonna play this on the radio till you hate it. <laughs> I actually remember the reason by Hoobastank. Oh God, <laughs> it's like that. 
it's such du- and those dudes are like the like the bleach tips and like yeah. the tatted up and spacers and like mus- a little muscular with the baggy pants where you can see the boxers and like I used that song to make a mix CD Ew. for a girl I liked. Uh, did you really like her or did you secretly hate her? I know. Well, I guess now I, it's it's just a deep loathing based solely upon <laughs> that solely upon that song and nothing else. Surely not the circumstances that <laughs> unfolded. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so, what do you say? Do you recommend this movie to people? Yeah. All people? Few people? It's... It's it's a, it's definitely a coming of age story, so it definitely has to be a younger person. I feel like my nephew, show, my showing nephew this, Ryan might be the right. Yeah, person yeah. Showing this to my mom isn't going to do anything. No, no, no. You have to you have to be teenager to early twenties. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we still like it. We oh, do we have some sort of arrested development? Are we stunted in our growth? No, not, not <laughs> at all. We're it's, being nostalgic for it. We're being nostalgic. We're being uh, I, like I said. The reason why I gravitated towards it so much is it taught me that it, it's okay. Um, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to change plans Mm -hmm. because nothing, especially in this life at that age, you should know it immediately that everything that you're planning on doing now is not going to matter in five years because (laughs) everything changes. Everything changes. I, I, I still like this movie. Mm -hmm. I recommend it the same as you. I'm going to send this to my nephew. You should. He's 17 right now. Yeah. Perfect. This will be perfect for him. Uh, but from a filmmaker, like a st- structure point of view, it's such a great script. I think the the directorial choices are great, some, and there's great performance in this from an acting level. Mm-hmm. That this movie is, it's it's better than you would would think for something that could just be another. Uh, it's just a dumb teen comedy. It's yeah. not. There's there's a there's a sharp wit to it, and I definitely would. It, it's not National Lampoon's no, Orange no, County. No, 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 and it's not. American Pie presents Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's an intelligence in this, in the filmmaking, in the writing, and in the in the performance in, as well. So I definitely recommend this. So what do you guys think? Those listening at home, do you remember Orange County finally? Have you never seen it? I've, I'm sorry it's not streaming, so you're just going to have to take our word for it that it's good. <laughs> yeah. If you can't see it, just trust it. Just us. trust it. It's us. good. Or find someone who owns or the TV. Or car salesman. <laughs> this car is great. Trust me. But anyhow, if you do if you do like this movie or have uh, want to drop some you know, uh, how your feelings about it, put in the comments below. If you're listening to this at firmamentfilms.com or on Facebook. But uh, why don't we take a little quick break here and we can discuss some current events that are currently going on in the world of us and film. What do you say, Chad? Currently, yes. Currently, okay. Cur- currently events. Currently events. Okay, cool. All right, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be right back after this. She got sex appeal, I can feel Too much is never enough You always had to lift me up when these times get rough I was lost, now I'm found Ever since you've been around You're the woman that I want, so I'm putting it down Alright, welcome back I uh, hope you enjoyed that little musical interlude Chad, what song did I put there? 
come my lady, oh, come, come, no, my lady. no, you're my butterfly. No, I Sugar. didn't. Baby. Do I have to put it there now? Because yep. I actually, oh Christ, I probably have it somewhere. I, you know what? I have the Orange County soundtrack, so I surely have that. There you go, Chad. How have you been? Uh, so, for those of you listening, you've gotten through the review section, which I've we've been putting at the front end now. So now, if you want to hear talk, us talk about movie news and just kind of our general lives, this is the place to come for the true entertainment. We we'll call the re- it the back door. The, the rewatchman back door. The rewatchman back door. I don't know how I feel. I love going in through the, through the back. Oh, boy. We'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> how have you been, Chad? You have been a busy, busy man. Yeah. For those listening, you too. We, Chad has been on the sh- show before, but you know, people should know you best from the one minute rewatch. Uh, sorry, the one minute gamer. <laughs> you produced okay. the one minute rewatch, but you are the star of the one minute gamer, which you can find on the BitLife show. That is true. Yeah. That's a true story. You got kind of going through a little transition period. You've gone you've gone over a year now, right? Freelancing? No, no. I mean, doing the one minute gamer. Oh, doing one minute gamer. Yeah. 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 Well, and I that's when I started doing it when I started freelancing. Mm-hmm. But I really wasn't freelancing because I didn't have any work. <laughs> you were you were just hanging out. Well, I needed something to do every week, so yeah. I didn't you know lose my mind. Well, how's the show going? Good, very good. Uh, we're technically in a second season, and we are rolling with some potential changes that are coming ahead, mm-hmm. and. Uh, all that fun adult stuff. I'm looking forward to whenever you eventually get around to Final Fantasy VII, which you teased at. Oh, you'll never <laughs> let me. I put I put Spirited, Spirits Within on my schedule as soon as I saw you post it. Uh, I was like, oh, this will be perfect. We all totally tie. Oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> no, you can't give me that easily. Oh, I'll eventually man. do it. I am surprised by the reaction I got. It's the Spirits Within is the most comments I've gotten between YouTube and Facebook, the couple places it's posted. And everyone's fixating on the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm actually pleased because at least I know people are watching. It's yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. People are engaging and that's really all you it's want. It's nice to get lots of views, but that, I, it's, so I want to know how people are reacting to it. And first, it was nothing but a slew of commentary on why the series is called Final Fantasy. <laughs> Which, I know, guys. I'm... It was a bit, but for the layman to call it final, whatever. But then people getting uh, on my case about, quote unquote, hating the movie. Oh I, yeah, I you didn't, didn't hate, hate the it. movie. I really liked did the movie. Did you watch? Yeah, did you watch I gave the review? It, this is where the star system fails because I did give it a two star review for it, the the look of it and the feel of it and how it doesn't stand the test of time. Yeah. But people only took that as, you hate it. I'm like, did you listen to a word I said? I said this movie should be a cult classic if it were live action. If you hated it, you would have given it a one. Yeah. I've, I've, there aren't many one movies out there. Maybe I will get around to it eventually. Yeah, people people are weird. And that's why like, that's why it's not really a number system. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It's It should be more like 17 bananas out of five. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh, I'm not good at math. But uh, you you got so you got one minute gamer. Mm-hmm. What else? What else is going on? Well, we did three forty eights this summer. Whew. Yeah, because apparently we had nothing better to do than to not sleep. So if you are currently listening to this at Ferment Films, or if you can go over to YouTube and also fermentfilms.com, you can look up our short films. And yes, we did the Milwaukee forty eight, mm-hmm. which was screenwriter. Yes. Which did very well for us. Very well. Uh, it will be playing on September 10th at the Milwaukee International Short Film Festival, where we are in the jury selection. Yes, we are. Which means we may have potentially we, we, we may impressed an a, international a prestigious audience. prestigious award. <laughs> it's a prestigious award. It's a leg lamp. 
So that was uh, Milwaukee, which you produced. I produced. You you were first team. You're, this, this I was cr- team alpha you of were, the summer. You, you were the you were. T- Chance that for those listening, I want to brag for you. Your first team that you led, mm-hmm. redacted films mm-hmm. being the the label we did under. Yep. The winningest forty eight we've ever done. <laughs> eight, eight awards. That's that's a good note to come out on. That's a you good came even number. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Then we did. The Madison 48. Yes. Which you directed. Yes. Your first time directing a 48. True. Was there any first for Charlotte? We'll get that. And that was Meatball Assassino. Assassino. How do you say it? Assassino. Assassino is what. Oh, Assassino. I wish it was, but that's not how it's spelled. No, no, it's Assassino. It's two asses and then Eno. Eno. S S Eno. Yes. There you go. Which is a dark comedic crime family dinner. Yeah. With everything, yelling, arguing, insults, and gunplay. Lots, lots of uh, motion. <laughs> Mamma mia. What's the matter, you? What's the matter, you? And uh, then, so the, the awards for that are... Horrible Italian stereotypes. Awesome. That'll be on the 27th. So we'll see how we did there. Yeah, we'll see how we did there. And then, what, two weeks ago, we did the Charlotte 48-Hour Film Festival Jeez. with the movie Unbuttoned, which I did mention earlier in the episode today, which should... Based on when I get a chance to edit this, should be available to watch. By right the time, now. yeah. By the time you listen to it, li- dear listener, I know you wait a few days or at least a couple weeks to listen to these episodes, and you surely can go watch it now. We can look at the metrics. We know. <laughs> but uh, unbuttoned, which was uh, fun as hell. That was it's. We were it's still in the early stages with that one, especially with Meatball Assassino too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. Based on how we do this weekend, we'll find out. Yeah, it's and what cer- the certainly is. not about winning awards, but it's no, not, no, no, no. But, but we, we can get an idea of what else we can do with it. Exactly. Like screenwriter's response was so strong. We we got it into another festival, like the night it, of. It's, yeah, we yeah. we were asked the night of mm-hmm. to put it in a festival, and even even though because we won the we had won the audience choice already, and by default the top two get in automatically, uh-huh. but. It didn't matter. He's like, I don't care. I just you're in. You're in. That's great. So that's a Ross. But we here. yeah. But we've been promoting it and putting it in different festivals too. We're waiting for a slew of those to come in. So, so it's been a good time for yeah. us in the movie world. Mm-hmm. I, I am excited to see how. Oh God, so you can make fun of me here on the podcast. Oh, I do because you would anyway. <laughs> I was so freaking nervous watching Unbuttoned with an audience. Oh yeah, he was. Like I, I knew the gag worked. I didn't know if the audience would, would go for it. And obviously, Man. we're. we're go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Not only did they like it, like they were laughing so hard and frequently, they were covering up other great know, jokes. You, you were like getting a little. I'm like, like stop laughing. You're missing things. <laughs> Which it's something we we typically do. We like to stack jokes to make something worth rewatching. Yeah. And that's why something like Arrested Development means so much to us because it's it's going back where you yeah. catch things. Scrubs was good for that too, I mm-hmm. think. Bare minimum, you had to watch Arrested Development three times. Three times, three times. If you haven't watched Arrested Development three times, you haven't watched it <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, so you can check out One Minute Game over at the BitLife channel, the BitLife Show channel. You mm-hmm. can watch our shorts here at FirmitFilms.com or on YouTube. So thank you for your patronage. Thank you for patronizing, as we used to say, with you guys. Nice. Uh, do you have any movie, like real movie? We're, we're not real movies. There are other real oh, movies out there. Oh, that hurts. Okay. 
Do you have any movie, television, or entertainment stories? If I were to ask, mm-hmm. who do you think 2016 is the highest paid actor? Who is the highest paid actor? What, what's your guess for this year? Uh, actor? Rob, Rob yeah. Downey Jr.? Close, because he oh, was last year. Okay, okay. He was number one. The new number one mm-hmm. came all the way from 11 last year. Whoa, moving hold, up in the world. Hold it up, 11 spots, or 10 spots. Is it Chris Pratt? No, nope. he didn't do anything this year. What, no. Who is it? The Rock. The Rock is the highest paid actor yep. right now? Yep, $64.5 million wow. between June 2015 and t- June 2016. Holy cow. Robert Downey Jr. was number one last year, mm-hmm. but he dropped Eight points, unfortunately. Wow. I'm yeah. sorry, Robert. Not, he, he only, your he, billions this are is less. How they, this is how they put it. Uh, Downey dropped down to eighth with $33 million. Oh, gosh. Hard times. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's all right. Wow. We should call him. The Rock is the highest paid actor. That's yeah, well, between Fast and Furious, San Andreas, Ballers Central. on HBO. Central Intelligence. Yep, Central Intelligence. Fast 8 is coming out. Baywatch. Like, Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I love The Rock. I, I used to hate him, but he totally grew on me. Man, from... I never... Wa- I didn't watch the WWE. I did, and I, that's why I didn't like him. He was a heel. He was... Well, he was the bad guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, he was a heel. Yeah. It was... I knew of him. How could I not? I mean... The, the peak of his fame on WWE was unstoppable. Do you smell what the, the rock? The people's album. All that shit. <laughs> it was Rundown the first time I saw him in a film. Yeah. That I was like, I like a Rundown is definitely a movie I unapologetically like, like a lot. See, me it was uh, uh, Mummy Returns. Oh, gosh. And, and that's why I didn't like him, because not only was he a heel still and he was still wrestling, but... He was awful in that, but he was learning. And he was, this, he was a terrible CG Scorpion King. Yeah, like he was in the beginning for some flashback scenes, Do and you remember then the Scorpion King was a movie they released in theaters. Yeah. Oh my! And he was the hero. Yeah. Oh my god! And everybody's like, "Why is he? He was the bad guy." Like, oh my god! But, hey, but that's what started. Uh, that was the investment, initial investment in him. He's come a long way. He's bankable, dude. He's always a nice guy. Oh, so did yeah. you hear about the Vin Diesel tension? So apparently. The Rock like stormed off of the Fast Eight set, pissed okay. at Vin Diesel, and he did this very cryptic. I love all my female co-stars in Fast Eight, and all the guys are pretty great too. But there's one who's a little pansy man, a little candy ass, who is just a prissy little bitch. And like this whole thing, like Tyrese came out and was like, "Man, I'm sorry, I, I I don't know what he was talking about. Everyone's great." And all the other co-stars were like, "Rock, how?" How could you air our dirty laundry out so publicly like that? And, like, Vin was the only one not saying anything. And it turns out it was, they had to do, like, a closed door sit down, shake hands, and hash it out. Did you hear about all this? No. News came out. It's probably a stunt for the WWE. I was going to say, like. It's all a build-up to them facing off in the ring. I was going to say, I mean, (laughs) it, it sounds too good. Too good not to be. Vin versus The Rock. Vin versus The Rock. Riddick, v- Riddick versus uh, The Scorpion King? I guess. That's terrible in both counts. <laughs> <laughs> love pitch play. Oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, here's some movie news for you. Yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman, who is Hell- Ron Perlman's Hellboy. People might know him from Sons Blade of Anarchy, two. Blade 2. Yeah, well, it's because of the Guillermo del Toro connection. Yeah. He is voiced. He was Slade on Teen Titans. He's Clayface on the original Batman series. This guy is a nerd through and through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is rumored that he that he might come on for Justice League Dark, 
which is one of the DC Warner Brothers movies that's on the radar right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And potentially as Swamp Thing. Ooh. I think Ron Perlman is at his best when he is under at least Heavy 15 makeup. pounds of makeup. Because <laughs> you don't see what he actually looks like. He's a very meathead looking fella, but he's so, he's good. I, he's smart. I want him for Cable. Yeah. Because, because the thing is, Cable can't just be a big brute of a guy, a big muscular old dude with gray silver hair. Yeah. Or Keira Knightley. <laughs> he needs to be funny. And he needs to play the straight man to Deadpool. Yeah. And Ron Perlman can handle funny. Oh, absolutely. He can do drama. He can do funny. But he is potentially up to play Swamp Thing. Awesome. And that is pretty cool. I don't particularly love Warner Brothers DC movies right now. But uh, yeah. Doug, Lyman, uh, Doug Lyman is announced to direct. Okay. And he is responsible for Jack Reacher... Uh, the Rogue Nation, uh, the most recent Mission Impossible yep. Five, the guy can direct action. So I don't know. If Ron Perlman's good, good name to attach to this. Doug Liman's a good director to be yeah, had on board this. Zack Snyder should not be involved at all at this point, thankfully. And Jeff Johns should be. Have they pulled the plug on him? Yes, Snyder is out. Okay. Snyder, the last thing Snyder will be responsible for fully will be Justice League, uh, Justice League, yeah. and he definitely had some influence on on Wonder Woman. Just from a make it look like my stuff yeah. attitude, and probably a little bit of meddling in Aquaman, but Aquaman's far enough along that I don't think it'll be it'll be more Justin Lin than it'll be. Yeah. Oh, wait, is it Justin Lin or is it James Wan? It's it's one of those uh, the fast directors. Um. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm DC can continue to try to compete with with Marvel Studios all they want, but the 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 fight was over a long time ago. I think going into something a little more detached than even Suicide Squad, something like Justice League Dark, which could stand on its own with all these oddball characters, yeah. could be something like what Blade did. Blade, Blade was the beginning of the superhero renaissance that we live in now. It wasn't Spider-Man, it wasn't X-Men. We had Batman and Robin that destroyed everything, and then Blade came out and changed the game. That came out before Spider-Man and X-Men. That yeah, was 98? 98. And I think something like Justice League Dark, don't force it into the Justice League yeah. DC universe and make its own thing. Could be could be good news. Awesome. Oh, any other? Uh, what, what else you got? What, what's uh, going on over uh, there? Oh, what's her name? Uh, Jessica. I'm sorry. Um, Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. What the hell, people? Come on. Yeah. Why is she the scapegoat? Go ahead. No, it's it's it's, it's amazing. Well, I, all right. I jumped on it because I know what you're talking. It's about. fine. Well, our listeners might not. Yeah. So essentially, Leslie Jones, uh, her website got hacked, and besides perf- personal information being shared, uh, also some nudes were shared, and it's just adding more fuel to this like hate her train that's been going on this summer yeah. with Ghostbusters and like why does she have to defend herself? Why why is she such a target? I don't Yeah, know. that now, too. Here's the thing. She's a very vocal, she's vocal on Twitter. She actually went after a couple of of popular YouTube artists mm-hmm. just being kind of like her she's a, an abrasive comic. She is, but I don't she, think she deserves the ire of the internet hacking her and leaking these pro- I, just, I don't want to see any nudes getting leaked. When Jennifer yeah. Lawrence had hers leaked, when they had the whole what was it that what was it called? That was, oh, what was the name of it? Oh shit! The uh, the 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 fap 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 gator fapping the fapping <laughs> shit. It's 
I hate TMZ. I hate TMZ. And and this sort of action to attack Leslie Jones is such TMZ fodder. Yeah. Like, I don't think she deserves it. She's an inspiration. She's yeah. over 40, and her career is just beginning. She's over 40, she's female, and she's black. Like, she fucking, she hit the trifecta. <laughs> And like she's hurdle no, there, but she's talented as hell. She's yeah. When she's not just screaming her jokes, she's really funny. She's still funny. When when she t- tones it down just a little bit, I thought she was really hilarious in Ghostbusters. I thought she was great. I actually like the whole cast. But speaking yeah. of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters will not I, get a sequel. I heard. I'm 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 pissed about that. Yeah, I. It's a yeah, it sucks because I thought the movie was okay. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but. It it brought a new era in. It you know it brought in new characters. Mm-hmm. It made it separate from the other one. There were so many cool cameos. Like I but, was kind of hoping the second one would be, you know, let's let's get our return of the or not return. Let's get our empire here. But yeah, yeah. It, it's it's unfortunate because there was a lot of potential in the cast. Kate yeah. McKinnon. Yeah, I, she's gonna be. She's huge. on fire right now. She's gonna be huge. I I know it. That uh, office party or holiday party with uh, uh, Jason Bateman. Oh yes, yeah, she's oh. in that. Oh yeah, that's right. She's uh, she's also in the new Kristen Wiig Zach Galifianakis. Yep. Which be nice if we knew the name. Of. By the way, uh, CP yeah was telling us that where we were staying down in uh, South or North Carolina last week, mm-hmm. that incident happened like five minutes away. Oh, that's good. The movie that that's based on. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So it's yeah, Leslie. What, did you have any other thoughts on that? No, I just... I. It's another one of those... We live in an age where you can get... If you really want to, you can get whatever you want. And I feel bad... I mean, to a certain point, I don't feel bad for celebrities because they do make a shit ton of money. And, <laughs> you know, obviously they're financially set. But they're still human. And, mm-hmm. like, as a celebrity, or at least most of them, they try to separate their personal... Like, Tom Hanks is always really good at that. Mm-hmm. Separating his personal life with his... Profe- yeah, his yeah. professional life. Some celebrities don't know how to do that. Well, some don't want to. Like, to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to be all like, oh, I wish the paparazzi went... Don't go to clubs in Los Angeles on Friday night. And not wear underwear. Well, you can't tell me not to do what I want to do. No, you are seeking the spotlight and pretending you don't like it. There, yeah, there are some people told like that. But there are, like, you know, moms that don't want to do it or yeah don't don't be part of the the, the scene that TMZ tracks down yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, but speaking of movies that aren't getting made there's another movie that Our Par- Paramount has yeah. Men in Black 23 oh uh, that was uh, the the crossover 21 Jump Street 3 <sighs> crossed over with Men in Black it's not happening uh, Jonah Hill says it doesn't look like it's going to happen damn and it's super disappointing because I was really looking you forward to it you were super looking forward to that oh I really wanted it to, to happen I, I love the 21 Jump Street series the, the two that we've gotten Chris Miller and Phil Lord jokingly saying they would do another one if they got Men in Black and Paramount saying sure <laughs> oh that was exciting uh, do you have any feelings about the Men in Black series or the Twenty One Jump Street series? I, I mean, I guess the Jump Street series. Would... I, I don't know. I, it, it sounded like a, I, I like when, but this happened too with like you know, Ash versus Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. Where like I, I get super hyped up and then it never ends never up happening. <laughs> uh, it would have been fun, but I mean, it's probably too much a gamble right now. Or you know, it could be Jonah Hill's schedule. I mean, or it could be a. a 
still out there and maybe he's negotiating. Yeah. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Why did you say it wasn't going to happen? Well, you guys aren't giving me the money I want. Fine. Besides, Channing Tatum needs work, too. He's got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to eat off his luscious, luscious abs naked. Well, there are some movies that people are excited to see that are coming out in just a few short months. The two... According to top polls from Entertainment Weekly and a couple of the other uh, news sites like um, IndieWire and whatnot, the two most anticipated films coming out for the fall are Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Okay. set in the Harry Potter, yep. the Wizarding World, and Doctor Strange oh. are the two most anticipated films coming out for the rest of the year. Not Rogue One? Not, not Rogue One. I don't believe it. I'm I'm (laughs) surely this poll must be for fall releases because Rogue One is a winter release, uh, being December. And how could that not be the most anticipated film? I know I'm excited. I'm excited. But what are your feel? Are you excited for the Wizarding World? Now you just watched all the Harry Potters. Yeah, and I'm excited now. I wouldn't have been if I didn't watch them. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to watch them again. It does it take place in the '60s? It's 75 years before the first Harry Potter. Okay. I believe. It's in New York, right? In New York City, yeah. yeah. So we're going to go to America. Uh, they've released a little information about the American wizarding Wizard schools. School. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's David Yates is directing, and he directed the four latter Harry Potter movies. So the more action-y, better ones. Yeah, and also the grimmer ones. Yeah. And it looks, just based on the previews, that Fantastic Beasts has a much lighter tone look yeah. to it. Um, I'm I'm got Freddie. What's his name? Redmayne, Academy Award winning Stephen Hawking, <laughs> and Colin Farrell yeah. seems to be playing the antagonist in it as well, which is kind of neat. Although uh, Dan Fogler is in it as well, and he's wait Dan Fogler, yeah, you know from like from Balls of Fury and Bo- Fanboys. I, I like him. I mean, I just he was like. Hey, we got another Jack Black, and we're going to shove him down your throats. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you don't like him? I liked him. <laughs> well, I guess, fine, whatever. Good for Dan Fogler. <laughs> and, they couldn't uh, get Eric Levine? Or I, Levine? I guess not. Tyler Levine. Tyler Levine. Yeah. So, uh, Doctor Strange, though, how are you? what are you feeling about uh, the old I'm, I'm, Stephen Strange? I, I was never a huge Doctor Strange fan. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, Marvel it can do no wrong currently. So anything they're willing to offer up that's different. I mean, Guardians was really good. Mm-hmm. This will be a little bit more serious, obviously. But you said it before, DC DC was done long ago. <laughs> so like the Marvel movies are really the only thing that I, I used to be very like I don't know. I don't know. This could be the one. <laughs> this could be the one. But now it's like, eh, I should stop being so negative like mm-hmm. that and just assume that they're all going to be good. And when we finally do get a bad one, I'll be like, all right, well, statistically, it's bound to happen. <laughs> well, uh, they have announced that Stephen Strange will be part of Infinity War. Which why wouldn't he? Be? Why wouldn't he be? I think everybody will be. In Everybody's going to be. In, it, it's going to be a weird two movies. Potentially <coughs> depends on what this was for. There was a leaked behind-the-scene camera phone snapshot oh. of Thor on the Stephen Strange set. But what? it might have been Stephen Strange on the Thor set. So either way, it's going to either be in Thor Ragnarok or Stephen Strange. There's so much going on. There, there will be a link. I'm excited. There's, they've released the two trailers, the, the, te- the teaser and then the fuller trailer, and they both look good. I'm going to s- avoid watching anything I've more. only seen the teaser. Like I, I think that's my new... 
thing now. Stick with the teaser. Like stuff where I actually want to see. If it's like a rom com or you know yeah. something, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm totally, I'm totally down with not knowing what's going on. I it just I have more fun that way. Yeah, well, it's because we're smart enough and seen enough movies that we know, we know what we're seeing. We yeah, can piece it all together, and then they spend most of the movie wondering, "Where's that trailer shot? Where's that trailer?" Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then one little last bit of Marvel news before I pass off to any other news you might have. Chris Evans I just read this. as Steve Rogers isn't Captain America nope. in Avengers. No, nope. um, this comes from the HeroicHollywood.com. And during the events of Civil War earlier this year, we saw Steve Rogers essentially going into hiding and off the grid after his fight with Tony Stark, right? They, but they made up, sort of. They made up. He was like, hey, you can still call me anytime, pal. <laughs> Let's just be friends. Uh, in an interview with the Huffington Post uh, promoting an upcoming Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray release of Civil War. Civil War, the Russo brothers who directed Civil War, um, are also directing Infinity War, spoke on Chris Evans' role as Steve in the third Avengers film. Mm-hmm. Given that what happened in Civil War, the Russo states that Steve isn't Captain America anymore what? when we pick up Civil War. right? And uh, the quote from one of the Russo brothers is, I think him dropping the shield is him letting go of his of that identity. It's him admitting, admitting that certainly the identity of Captain America was in conflict with the very personal choice that he was making. Mm-hmm. And so he he gave up Captain America. So Captain America Civil War will be out on Blu-ray September 13th. Political pressure mounts... Amounts... I'm oh, sorry. Uh, political pressure mounts to install a system... I don't know, that's the... Sorry. Uh, reading the blurb for what Civil War is about. If you didn't see Civil War, <laughs> I I'm sorry you're Shit. listening to this. But what do you think about that, that Steve not being Captain America? What could that potentially mean? Well, it makes sense. I mean, he's... There's still two giant movies that have to come out. There has to be some sort of internal conflict or something that's not right going into Infinity War. If the Avengers are already assembled. Mm-hmm. I mean, they left that so open, like Rhodes, uh, Rhodey can't walk. Yeah, and... yeah, like he's recovering from that. They, yeah, there's, there's like a lot of nice stuff up in the air at the end of Civil War, which was essentially Avengers 2.5. Yeah, yeah, it was Avengers 2.5, <laughs> totally. But um, Maybe I'm, I'm in, I would like to see him obviously fight and be Captain America. He Man, will but... in the end. You know it will happen. But there's in the comics there's a point where Steve handed off the shield to Sam Wilson to the Falcon to be Captain America, which I think that would be great for Anthony Mackie, yeah. as well as seeing someone else carry the mantle, setting a precedent for that for all the other characters. That'd be cool. And Steve became the head of Shield, taking over for Nick Fury. And that's kind of where I was thinking is the only downside of that though is if that if he becomes the director of Shield, how do you do that on the show? You're certainly not going to have Chris Evans show up oh. on ABC's Agents of Shield. Well, let let future Marvel let, let them worry about that. <laughs> let them worry about how they tie it into their their ABC show. Okay, okay. Well, do you have any other news stories? No, I mean there's awesome. gossip and stupid things, but okay. Well, actually, this is this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Uh-oh. Questions. I actually oh, have yeah. I I have questions from listeners. Mm-hmm. People have been sending send me reaction stuff like via private messages or private tweets. But actually, people willing to ask questions. So the call has been called out, and and since Ben's not here, I'll do the call for him. Right, and people who've just uh, made some comments off uh, Twitter, you can tweet at me at 
TC's Big Head if you want to send me some questions or you can hit me up on Facebook. And you can also tweet at Firmament Films if you want to send your questions there as well. But Shay, would you like to be put on the spot and try to answer some of these questions? Yeah! Good, because awesome. because that's what's going to happen. All right, so first up is a tweet. A tweet? <laughs> a, a tweet from Connor. Who do you think should play Darkseid in Justice League? If he shows up in Justice League or Justice League 2. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, no offense, Connor. I just don't care. Like, I, I'll i go see the, the DC, DC movies. Yeah. I just... No, they have promised me so much over and over again recently, and they I'm just, just let I, you down. I don't care. I, I, it would have to. So, Darkseid is essentially Thanos, and it's funny yeah, because yeah. Darkseid's older than Thanos. Yeah, Thanos and was a ripoff. Thanos was a ripoff. Darkseid. Yeah. We will get Thanos first. Yeah, he'll probably show up in Guardians two at some in some capacity. I don't know. He's already been on screen, so they beat him to the punch. Yeah, and oh gosh, actually, I'm just gonna know that. Um, so Marvel beat DC to the punch on that. So I think Darkseid needs to be someone craggy, Daniel Craig, <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone, someone who's like bitter, like, like um, what's his name? Josh Brolin is Thanos. That's pretty well cast because yeah, he yeah. looks. He's got this like muscle. So so who's who's the second rate? Who's the second rate Josh Brolin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's Brolin light? Who's Brolin light? Brolin. Um. Uh. uh Matt Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, DC. Thanks. There you no, go. No, I'm definitely not going to go see <laughs> this movie. So, Marvel beat DC to the punch on a lot of things. On all their successes, right? Yeah. What you know what DC has that Marvel doesn't? The multiverse. DC has done Crisis on Infinite Earths again and again since they originally did it back in the 80s, right? And it's like alternate no no strike that they've been doing the multiverse since the flash of two worlds from the 50s right so dc has a multiverse different universes with with similar versions of characters existing right yeah and they've hinted that the tv flash might be spotted in the flash movie or vice versa okay so they are and jeff johns who's uh, one of the prolific writers of modern dc comics has has set has dropped the multiverse. He dropped the M word, not Marvel. Multiverse, more than once in, in interviews and conversations. But I think Marvel could beat DC to the multiverse punch. Because I told you, I told you how to save Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> if the Fantastic Four exists in a pocket universe that then crosses into the Marvel universe. Yep. They could get to the Crisis on Infinite Earths, or at least Crisis on Two Earths, before DC could do it, and just Marvel crushing DC just, once just again. <laughs> freaking uh, sack tapping him. Okay, so I say Daniel Craig. No, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon is Dark Side Connor. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Connor. All right, so uh, staying on the DC train and the DC hate, probably. Uh, this is a tweet from Tristan, and she asks. Or she says, it's not really a question, but it's something we can comment on. She okay. thinks Warner Brothers will have to reboot before we ever get to Justice League 2 or a Green Lantern movie. Well, no. I think they've committed. I don't think they can. No, I, they can't. They're too they, deep. Yeah, they, financially, no. I mean, eventually they will reboot. I will agree there. Yeah. But, Could, no, they're, they're invested. Could they reboot with the same actors 
I mean, it's been done, but again, I mean, was Ghost Rider 2 just as good as Ghost Rider 1? <laughs> no, it was better. It's... I think they're too committed. I don't think they could reboot they now. They can't. It's it's too, it fiscally makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like they've committed, and, and if they reboot, they have to start over, which means more time on pre-production, finding the right people. Yeah. Like it, it's not like you can reset an entire uh, goal mm-hmm. that you have planned like seven years out. Like they rebooted Spider-Man rather quickly. They rebooted Fantastic Four. Keep like, the rights, they, keep the rights. To keep the rights. But I don't think at this point you can reboot it. I think they've committed way too much time and energy and money into this universe they're trying to create. The best they can do is figure out how to fix, fix it. what yeah. they messed up. Yeah. Superman is going to come back as a villain and they're all going to have to fight him to make him see his true colors. And I think I think the best that they can hope for is to do what Fox did with X-Men. Which is fix their mistakes with some time travel. <laughs> That's the best that DC could hope for. Because they've made some unforgivable mistakes. Yeah, I know. Doing what they did with Superman and Batman, and this might just be the fanboy talking, but I, I've watched that movie many a times now in trying to wrap my mind around it. And they just made so many mistakes. And they need a hit. Suicide Squad was not a hit. Yep. It made money, sure. It, it defeated Guardians of the Galaxy's record. Bah! Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Who's who's gonna walk away forever? I still cherish Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians is one of my favorite movies. I don't know. There's too many people who are gonna be cherishing Suicide Squad. No. They need a hit. Is Wonder Woman gonna be it? Is Justice League Dark gonna be it? Like how how much? For, they're like Man of Steel Two is happening. You you know what it is? It's they think ev- the next movie. Is always going to be like their saving grace, like mm-hmm. or that's how they tell. Like, don't worry, because Batman v Superman is going to fix Superman one. But don't worry though, Wonder Woman's going to fix, fix Batman v Superman. But don't worry. Well, we haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but hopefully it's good. We've been saying that for years. Like, hopefully. I wanted, I wanted to be good on the fact that it's a solo Wonder Woman movie, mm-hmm. and there are, we're slowly starting to figure out that they, there can be good female centrally focused superheroes. Yeah. She's so good in Batman vs. Superman. I love one. As much as I like, have praised Ben Affleck time and time again for BVS, yeah. Wonder Woman is so good. Yeah. Gal Gadot, or however you say her name, is fantastic. Waiting for Godot. Waiting for Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. <laughs> so, one last DC tweet. Sorry, ah. you, this is from Ultra Fanboy. Or, yeah. I doubt it. Who would you cast as Captain Marvel? Uh, Shazam. In the DC universe, because uh, The Rock is playing Black uh, um, Black Adam, yeah, the villain of the, of that series. Who do you make Shazam? Because now here's 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 how Shazam works. Billy Baston is a twelve year old boy. Yep. When he says Shazam, he is in, in imbued with the powers of gods and becomes Captain Marvel. I don't know how they're gonna figure this shit out. There's Captain Marvel coming out in Marvel, and they're going to do a Shazam movie where Captain Marvel's at DC. It's it's very confusing for the layman. But who do you cast as your handsome... So anyway... Uh, well, who do you cast as the... Ultra Fanboy said his vote is for John Hamm. He's got the jawline, he I'll give him that. Is a handsome... There's a great fan piece of fan art of him as Superman. Bruce Campbell was 20 years older. That would be my recommendation. 20 years younger. Oh, or, gosh, yeah, 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 sorry, younger. With the jaw. Um... It's got to be someone you can see fight The Rock. That's the thing. If yeah. The Rock is your villain, 
Your hero has to be someone who could fight the and rock. The rock is like six five. And it's fine. Black Adam could be more of a, a hulking mass than than he is in the comics. But still, Captain Marvel isn't like scrawny. Captain Marvel. No, Captain Marvel big. is. He's the size of the rock. Is what yeah. he is. <laughs> Channing Tatum. What about Chris Hemsworth? Channing Tatum is Gambit, and Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Where are our meatheads? Where are our hulking, handsome meatheads? Um. <laughs> Uh, Doctor Horrible uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, but again, he's, he's still too he's old. getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah. Oh man, that's Brad- Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Bradley Cooper could do it. But how would Bradley Cooper look with dark hair? They were gonna make him the. If um, you make him take his shirt off, it's not gonna matter. They were gonna make him the crow. Ew. <laughs> Can Bradley Cooper be Shazam? Hmm. You know who would make a good Shazam? Henry Cavill. He's Superman. Yeah, I thank you. <laughs> Thanks, TC. You're welcome. Jesus. All right, okay, let's let's get off the DC train. Clearly, I'm sorry, Ultra Fanboy, we do not have an answer. So it's, your John Ham wins. Yeah, John Ham wins. All right, so here's a, tw- a tweet from... A twit? Steve... Stevie Do? Steve Do. Like Ski Do. Steve Do. Oh, got it. Thanks. <laughs> There's a David Brent movie coming out. Yes! Yes, there is. So for those fans of the the Office, the UK version of the Office, the original Office, uh, which stars Ricky Gervais, Mark Freeman, created by Ricky and Steve Merchant. Steve Merchant. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is a film. I think it's Netflix, straight to Netflix, or is it? A, is it going to be? No, released? it's it's a theatrical release. Okay, um, right. It's going to be a hard time to find because it's indie. But yeah, essentially, it's David Brent, which they've they've already followed up with him after. They did a holiday special. The Christmas special for The Office. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is years after that. And have you been watching all the social on that movie? I saw him how to play guitar. Or how to play guitar. Yep. He did the music video, like the he's behind done the a, scenes. He's done a ton of music videos. There's a, a, there's a bunch of neat little... Ricky Gervais is very social media savvy. <coughs> great, with, great with Twitter, great with Instagram, and great with building up this... I think he did those shorts to see what... The desire was for yeah. a David Brent movie. Now, here's the thing: I don't think. Do we want to see a David Brent centralized story? Because the UK Office is so good because of Tim and. It, well, it's why the original Office was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Steve Carell was great, but it was definitely uh, ensemble. It's an ensemble cast. Do I? So I, my hope is that he brings an ensemble. The, the, here's the and miss, I think that's what he's going to do. Here's the missing element: Steve Merchant's not involved. And, mm. and I don't know what... So, like, Edgar Wright and, and Simon Pegg gave us Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Simon Pegg gave us Paul. I would argue Paul's a good movie. Paul's a great movie, but it's not Shaun of the Dead. Not it's, not. it's not! It's not! So when a, when a, part, a partnership like that breaks off, it could go that way. Or, when you have Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg making Superbad. Great. And... and Four Year Old Virgin and uh, those movies, and then departing from Apatow, you get This Is the End, which I think is superior really good. to to all the up Apatow. So I don't know. Right, you're excited, I know. You're a fan of Gervais and the British Office. Oh yeah. But that was not the tweet. The tweet was There's a David Brent movie coming out. What are your favorite British TV shows <laughs> besides The Office? Well, clearly we're fans of The Office. Yes, I and I've. This is one of those, hear me before you jump to conclusions at what I'm saying. This goes back to one of the first rewatch when you were on. Mm-hmm. The British Office is not a comedy 
as you know a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a drama, mm-hmm. and it is cringe humor. Oh yeah. Uh, for those for those of you who like to catch up on YouTube, I did plug every frame of painting earlier. I would like to pr- uh, plug Nerd Writer, who is a great film analysis YouTube channel, and he did an awesome piece on cringe humor, specifically in the British office. Um, is he British? He is British. Yes. Oh, then yeah. my joke's gonna fail. I was gonna <laughs> oh no, say. no, I'm sorry. Nerd Writer is. Not British. Oh, he's American. So that wasn't a British show. Then you recommended. Can you recommend what The Office? I, I'm just oh, saying. Ner- oh, was oh, about yeah. a British I, show. I'm not. I'm. I'm recommending the Nerd Writer. I was trying to be a dick, but it's, you know, it's it's totally lost. It's here. lost. Um, British shows. Well, you've you. I mean, I know what you're going to say. You got, well, the whole, got, you got the whole collection right over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine would be Monty Python's Flying Circus, mm-hmm. probably as number one. Spaced mm-hmm. is one of my big influences. Uh, Faulty Towers. I love uh, Absolutely Fabulous, AbFab. AbFab. They had a new movie just come out, but it yeah. looked awful. It uh, did not do well. In yeah, it did not do well. But that's okay. Um, uh, Luther. Is, Luther, is, yeah. I love the... Sherlock. It's on Netflix. Sherlock, so good. And, and neither of those are comedies, although right. Sherlock is quite humorous. Doctor Who? <laughs> I, I do enjoy Doctor Who, but I'm not an avid viewer of it. Yeah. And I'm not a, a Whovian, yes. <laughs> So let's see what. What is that robot sounds like, voice? It sounds like rebar. <laughs> um, so yeah, check Luther is streaming on Netflix. That series is so cool. If you want to understand why people love Idris Elba so much, guy, aside from being a very handsome man, yeah, and wonderfully talented, wonderfully talented, he plays awesome a voice, uh, a, a, a cop on the edge. My favorite British show though is Misfits. Mi- oh yeah, it is a superhero show where a bunch of asshole kids are given superpowers it's dark and it's funny as hell it's a very dark comedy series and it's, and it's almost like someone saw heroes and went oh god i could do better than that and came up with misfits and candace loves that show too because robert sheehan comes from that show oh. that's one of her celebrity crushes oh. <laughs> yeah uh, there's man there's... oh peaky blinders oh, is also peaky blinders. i don't know if you watched that yet no, but I know Candace loves oh, it. Yeah, another another Candace plug. <laughs> there are some great, great British television series. Top Gear. Top. Well, it used to be whatever it's called now because they moved over. It's to actually, the new series. going back to news, uh, the like one of the heads at BBC Two finally said like maybe firing Jeremy Clarkson was a bad idea. Oh, can they bring him? Can they get him back? They're already in a development with uh, Amazon for a new show called World Tours. So, which is essentially just going to be Top Gear. Yeah, it'll yeah. be Top Gear on Amazon, which I'm totally excited for. <laughs> All right, here's a quick question from Paulina. Mm-hmm. In the Han Solo prequel movie that's coming out, okay, how tall should Chewbacca be? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, technically he was the same height on the Battle of uh, Kashyyyk. Yep, so he should be the same he size. He should be the same he size. He should be the same size. But that's a funny question. <laughs> I can't believe I had to reference a prequel for you that. You son of a bitch. It's already established that way. Yeah, we already know how tall he is because he actually looks bigger. Well, and I'm in... pretty sure Wookiees have a pretty long lifespan, mm-hmm. so I could hook out my Wikipedia. You think Peter Mayhew will play him? We did recently lose... Uh, Kenny Baker, Kenny Baker who, yeah. who was inside of R2-D2. Yeah. I, I'm i going to be kind of a dick here. Okay, I'm sorry. No, and no, I, go ahead. I bl- believe me, I love I love Star Wars, and, and the, especially the original guys. Did Kenny Baker really do that much? 
He was inside of a tin can being rolled around. <laughs> he did the back and forth. He did the back and forth, and he rotated the head. By the time the prequels and the new one came on, that thing was completely automated. He wasn't inside that thing. No. And honestly, like, he, uh, well, and Peter Mayhew, like, he had to have surgery on his legs. He had to raise money mm-hmm. to have surgery on his legs so he could be in episode seven. You could totally tell when they would switch out the stunt guy because mm-hmm. the stunt guy would run. Mm-hmm. Peter Mayhew could. Peter he's Mayhew was in the... Old man. Yeah, yeah, like... And I get it. Like, he should play him, but there's a certain point where just let the man, like... I it, I feel it needs to be someone younger. Yeah, especially Chewbacca. if it's going to be a young Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca's going to have to keep... Like, in this, it was... Chewie, old, keep up! It was old Solo in the last movie, and he really didn't need to run that much, so... You know what? Peter Mayhew can continue to play Chewbacca in 8 and 9, but let's get a young guy to play Chewbacca in the young Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's a good idea. Yeah, that way we have new generation kind of like passing the torch situation yeah. here. And like all the all of Chewbacca's lines are fucking eighty yard anyways. <laughs> it's not like Peter Mayhew's going in the suit like. <laughs> no, he is delivering lines. If you watch the behind the scenes, well, yeah, but, he's delivering lines. But... I don't know, Han. I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> all right, we're just gonna dub that in later. Great question, Paulina. Thank you. All right, so I want to close out. Let's we can be kind of brief about this because I bet Ben and I will probably do an episode on this. Mm-hmm. But I, so I'll throw it to you. I won't okay. even put my two cents in. Okay. This is from Spooner. Overall, what are your thoughts on the summer blockbuster season? Aside from Civil War, it has not been so great. No. It, it's been a lot of like little things. Well, not little. I mean, Compared to Civil War's budget, they mm-hmm. were little. But there's been a lot of like little movies that I've been excited about. But nothing... Like, I just... Uh, like, I saw Central Intelligence. That was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I see? Uh, War Dogs. War Dogs was good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of near the end of August, so the, sea, like, the, the summer's over. Independence Day was bloated and unnecessary. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters uh, was all right. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Beyond. Was great. All right. I, I will say... I, uh, no, that was pretty great. Even you had to admit that was a good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Bourne, um, Batman versus Superman. You want to know what pissed me off about Jason Bourne is the fact that it's like, all right, Matt Damon's not doing it anymore. Jeremy Renner's in. I know he's like almost fifty, but we're gonna start this and like, you know what? Thanks, JJ. That's Jeremy. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna bring. It's just I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> the Jason Bourne series kind of played out. Yeah. I agree. But, uh, yeah, so the summer has been kind of lackluster. It, it's crazy. It's crazy because Ben and I have been, like, building up to 2015 for a couple of years. Saying, like, oh, like, 2013, we were reporting on what the releases for 2015 were going to be. Yeah. Saying, like, oh, just wait. 2015, that's going to be the year. <laughs> and all through 2014, like, oh, it's going to be a hard year to top because, man, 2014 was really good. But 2015... And movies started dropping off. Things were disappointing. It was just not what everyone expected it to be. So that was me saying my two cents when I said I wouldn't. That's okay. Think so I, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was the summer. I got to see a bunch of movies. Yeah. Um, I had a good time with most of them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I. 2017 though. Started the 2017 started really good. Well, we still got some good movies to look out for the rest of this year. Oh, yeah. And we will definitely be back to discuss those. If you want to see some cool 2016 movies, you can check out FermentFilms.com, where you can watch things like Screenwriter, Meatball Assassino, Assassino, 
so I can't do it. Uh, right. Unbuttons, or you can head over to the BitLife Show channel and see Footnote, which came out earlier in the year, as well one as One Minute Gamer, Gamer, One Minute Rewatch. Yeah. We're working, probably going to have a... Working title. We could potentially have some other One Minute Shows in the works. Yes. So take please uh, head on over to uh, the BitLife Show channel on YouTube and as well here is Ferment Films and if you do want to tweet me some questions for next episode you can tweet me at TC's Big Head Chad plug away sir uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at L that's E-L it's Spanish for the <laughs> underscore Punisher um, you can find my work on FermentFilms.com ChadHalverson.com One Minute Gamer <laughs> we're doing a bunch of stuff do a bunch of stuff we are always looking to expand our horizons and release yes. more stuff yes so and quick plug plug for ben you can find him at benji toes on twitter and instagram he is the mastermind behind the band with no name which you can find on youtube and he is the el capitan in responsible for, wait he's the el capitan of the band with no name as well as his life story c- series which is on asian um, nbc asian america i'm just fumbling all over the that's place that's all right so, i'm sorry ben you're much better at this than i am but follow him on there. Check out the Life Story series. He, I believe he's filming his season finale currently while he's yeah. here in the Midwest. So definitely check that Hope series out. Hope he gets out. a break. <laughs> yeah. He's a hardworking man. Yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. If you have any comments, put them below. Check out everything we've just plugged. I am TCD Wit for Ben Tope, for Chad over here, for all the rewatchmen everywhere, saying keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're smiling. They're always smiling.